welcome to Driven for Purpose, a lifestyle podcast designed to bring you the tips, tools, and resources so that you can discover your purpose, reignite your passion, and fully step into your power. I'm your host, Amanda Bickham, holistic health and mindfulness coach, and I'll be guiding you every step of the way. Thanks for tuning in and enjoy the show. Hey community, thank you so much for tuning in. The episode that you're about to listen to is actually from the online growing conscious community on Facebook. So some of you are a part of that community and of course I love that platform because it creates this beautiful opportunity to connect and share and communicate with you guys in a two-way stream instead of a one-way stream. So this episode has been taken from the Facebook platform and put onto the podcast because I know not all of us can meet at the same time and space. So I hope that you enjoy it, and as always, if you have questions or want to engage further, feel free to reach out to me at my website at amandabickham.com. Thanks, and enjoy the show. All right. Happy spring equinox, everybody. I hope you had an amazing full moon. I hope you were able to gaze at the moon, take it in, spend some time with yourselves or the community or the people that support you or in mother nature it's always a beautiful thing to do and we have such a powerful opportunity to reflect such as the uh, full moon time so i'm excited to be here with you guys i just got done hosting the the men's circle which was so incredibly powerful and so many of the men were able to drop in and really share their vulnerabilities we did talk about sex and intimacy and relationships as well Um, So I'm excited to be bringing you this conversation live online. Hello, Josh. Hello, Laura. Everyone, hi. How's it going? Let me know where you're tuning in from. We've got people tuning in from all the world at this point. So it's really nice to be able to feel you, to be able to feel your energy, your essence. Eduardo, aloha from the City of Angels. Beautiful. Awesome. Um, yeah, it's amazing, you guys. It's so great to be on Facebook. It's so great to be live with you guys. My intention on showing up in this way in this platform is to get rid of some of the bullshit that's on there and really start to stream some really raw, real, vulnerable conversations with people who inspire me, people who I've met along the path. So I encourage you guys to be a part of this conversation, which is why it's nice to hear from you, to hear where you're at Um, Maybe even share a word of what's alive for you right now. Joshua from Rhode Island. Very nice. Awesome. East Coasters. Very cool. Um, You make a difference and what you do makes a difference and how you show up in the world matters. And that's really what we're going to be talking a lot about on all the Facebook lives, just in different areas and different aspects and your contribution, your thoughts, your ideas, whether they're the same as mine or my interviewers are completely different. They're all accepted here. And so I want to give a little bit of a background on how I met Sprout. Um, Many of you know that I've been going on my own personal journey. It's been a long time, but I just left to India as of recent. And through this, um, you know, deeper diving into myself, going through a bunch of uh, just karmic cycles, things of, of that nature, I started stepping a lot deeper into the world of relating specifically in the world of relating to our our power, our powerful channel, um, which is often the most taboo channel, which is our sexual energy. It's been something that has been going on in my sphere for about the last three and a half years when I started diving into the world of Tantra. And from this, I've just continued to be shown different avenues and different ways to begin to open up the center, which is truly the center for where all of our creative life force energy, I mean, everything on this planet comes from this sexual energy, this life force energy. And the guest that I'm going to be bringing on today, Sprout Love, he is a powerful facilitator and someone who I'm really inspired by. He's been on this journey of his own diving deeper into sexuality and relationships and relating and sex and what does it mean. And we were were out in the ocean the other day. We're here in Copenhagen. I just finished a powerful experience where him and another woman, Pooja, were co-facilitating this temple. 
And a temple is just, it's a, it's a phenomenal experience in and of itself. I'm not going to go into detail, but it really creates a sacred container where you can begin to dive deeper into um, different areas and aspects of yourself. Sometimes it might be shadow. Sometimes it might be just vibrancy. Uh, you never know what's going to happen in, in, in this temple space. Sprout was the, was the facilitator for the men. So in this container that we all created together, the women and the men separated, the men did a lot of really deep, rich, juicy men's work, and the women did their own work. So when we came back together, we came back together as the brotherhood and the sisterhood. And because we were united in that space, we were able to co-create an, an incredibly rich and powerful experience. So I wanted to bring Sprout on today, which she should be coming on any moment here. Let's see if he can can get on um we just did a, a test call and we should should have all the kinks worked out but you never know technology does that sometimes um but i wanted to bring sprout on today because we had a really powerful conversation and one of the things that i love about sprout is his ability to be really real i just released a podcast uh last week which was on the shadow side of spirituality because I feel that although there is this movement and this expansion and this, this choice of so many people wanting to step deeper into their awakening, it's been, there's a lot of shadow side when it, comes, when it comes to this world. All right, Sprout, I see you. Now I just need to invite you on. Um, so for some reason it's not showing up. Is there a little button at the bottom of your screen where you can click add me to the video? If not, you might have to jump off and jump back on again because for some reason it didn't even show me that you were watching. Um, I love technology. It challenges me in so many different ways. If there's not a little button with a person that says add me to the video, Sprout, I would invite just jumping off, closing out of your little Facebook browser and jumping back on and then I'll hopefully be able to add you back into it. But as we're waiting for this technology piece, I just want to speak into this speech about the shadow side of spirituality. I feel like there's a lot of people who intend to do great things, whether they're hosting workshops or leading experiences or coaching people or, you know, they're known as spiritual teachers of some sort. And I also feel that there's this really deep shadow side of a lot of people talking about a lot but not really truly embodying the practice in their own personal experience. And that means the shadow side of their experience as well, because with any expansion, there will always be some sort of shadow or contraction as we live in this dualistic world of the 3D nature. And so one of the things that I really valued about dropping in with Sprout, and I just asked him, I said, what put you on this path? I feel such clarity and such vulnerability when you drop in and you share with me. And it was from that moment that he began to share about his struggles and his challenges and his and all honestly, confusion about sexuality and relating. Uh, what's up, David? Good to see you, brother. So, so this is what we're going to dive into today. Sex, relationships, intimacy. And I'm curious if anybody here has had um, some challenges or some struggles around that. And if you do, and if you have had any sort of challenges and struggles in sex and relationships and relating and intimacy, let us know in the comments below. Um, tell us about your shadow. I would love to drop into my shadow for sure. Um, this is going to be more about Sprout, but as soon as he comes in, we'll definitely talk about both of the shadows that we have. Thank you for inviting that into to the conversation, Philip. So, or is it Felipe? I think it's probably Felipe, huh? Um, listen. Okay. <laughs> I like that. All right. Come on, technology. Be my friend. What's going on? Let's bring Sprout in here. For some reason, I'm having a difficulty. I don't want this. Okay, let's see. Invite. The invite has been sent. All right, Sprout. We can do this. Technology is on our side. David says, past your son. Lots of confusion. Oh, my gosh, brother. I feel you. I had a really great conversation with someone um, a year ago, and he was also past your son and went into that to that whole world himself and then just started to really realize um, how that was not at all where he what, where his truth stood. And so oftentimes when we have all these pressures from the outside world, whether it's our society, our upbringing, our culture, um, our belief systems can really create a lot of shadows, especially when it comes to intimacy, especially when it comes to sex and sexuality. Um, especially because this is so taboo, right? To talk about it, to be open about it, to be vulnerable about it. 
um, yeah, it's it's definitely an interesting uh, an interesting space to be. Um, stating my desires, I love it. State your desires, man. It's great. And you guys are doing a, a, a live next week. Sprout, he's coming on. Okay, good. I didn't know how much babble until we got we got the interviewer in. You guys, I'm excited. Andrew, good to see you, brother. And please, if this resonates, let's uh, let's share it out. Let's get this message out. Let's get more people involved in this conversation. We did it. <laughs> Welcome, Sprout. I can. Can you hear me? Can you hear me? Can you hear me? Yeah. Mm. Mm. Thank you. Mm. Thank you. It's really beautiful to be here with you. And as I was creating the space for this conversation to take place, I was just dropping in about one of the things I admire about you, Sprout, is your ability to be so transparent and so honest and so real, not only about where you've been, but also even what you're working through in this present moment. And how I think that that's one of the most powerful gifts that you possess is this ability to be so real. <clears throat> and as I was explaining to the audience, this was what I want, one of the reasons why I wanted to bring you in. It was this first initial conversation outside of the temple where you're holding this space that I was able to really drop in with you and I was able to really see you and really feel you. And the pieces that you shared around your vulnerability and how you began this journey hit me so hard that I felt that they could really resonate with a lot of the people here. And so I must say, it's an absolute pleasure to be here with you. And thank you so much for your time. Yeah, for sure. I, uh, yeah, and you were helping out at that temple. And it's, I had, a, yeah, your being is very impressive. So as soon as you asked to come do a live, there was no doubt in me. Hmm. Beautiful. Well, in that space, I think we should just allow people to get right in and, and resonate with us and, and, and allow this share. And we'll just kind of start this conversation the way that we started it, you know, when we were out there swimming in the, the big blue. And so one of the things that I asked you, I said, you know, what is it? What is it that put you on to this path? What is it that puts you into this world and, and um, mm -hmm. has kind of gotten you to where you are today? And you started sharing around this kind of piece around how you were really confused when it came to all this stuff. So why don't you share with us, take us on that journey? Um, <laughs> well, I can't totally remember what I was saying, but I do remember a piece that I find very funny. Um, I really didn't know, uh, well, I didn't know anything actually. Like maybe I thought I knew something, but, uh, but there was a time in which I couldn't relate to women at all. Like I could, I could relate with them, but in terms of sexuality, there was nothing happening. Um, I can see now clearly what was going on, but then while well, it was happening, I was just a confused teenager uh, getting into my 20s. I finally got my, had my first, let's say, real relationship when I was about 21. And it was after a trip through Central America and I, uh, I put an ad on Craigslist. I was like sick of the dating scene. Like I didn't understand how to go to the bar and relate with people. I was not taking women, drunk women home from the bar. It didn't really like resonate with me. I, it was all kind of convoluted. And so I just reached out on Craigslist and said I was sick of all this. And little, yeah, little did I know all of a sudden I had a partner and I, I ended up being with her for about eight and a half years all off of Craigslist. I mean, I've bought sailboats off Craigslist. I've gotten RVs off Craigslist. I even got my girlfriend off Craigslist. If I was a rapper, <laughs> I'd make a song about it, you know? And so uh, anyways, eight and a half years of uh, 
monogamous relationship for the most part and uh, really taught me how to be in relationship. A uh, great blessing this woman is and was. Uh, we're still friends, but I needed to go deeper into myself. Um, in that relationship, I was getting lost around sexuality. Like, sexuality was dying, and I didn't know what to do about it. Um, and I didn't know how to be, I didn't know what vulnerability was. So I didn't really know how to communicate with her that there was something going wrong, that I was feeling something that wasn't working. Um, little did I know, she probably was not receiving the emotions and vulnerability that she needed to open up. Um, so anyways, uh, towards the end of that, it was about three, it was about year five that I noticed something was wrong. Um, it took me another two years till I brought it up to her. Uh, and then within that last year, I did a lot of work with her. I tried to, I, I was reading books about romance and sexuality and I was taking her on dates and I was dressing nice and, you know, it was beautiful, but still there was pieces missing. Uh, and I, I knew that. Um, it became more and more apparent until finally, at one point I was like, you need to spread your wings and I need to spread my wings. And from that moment, I remember how I was definitely afraid of this. I was like leaving my best friend. How the hell could I leave my best friend? Go into the unknown. Like, I don't know what's out there in the world. I don't even know how to date a woman, let alone go figure out what the hell I mean when I say spread my wings. Like, what does that mean? But I knew I had to do that. Um, and so I really consciously made the decision. If I was separating from my partner, I was going on my journey. I needed to figure out my sexuality. Um, yeah, and that's pretty much when it started. Like, really consciously going on the journey. And that was about almost nine years ago now. Eight years, eight and a half years. Um, yeah, and it's been a long, beautiful ride. And it's only getting more juicy. It's only getting better. And Like, I didn't expect to be hosting workshops. Somebody asked me last night about, like, my life plans and goals. Um... I've been successful in my career. I've had a couple companies. I've started an eco village. I've, I've done a lot of things. I've started a solar power company. I've failed at things. I've thrived at things. Um, but the thing I could have never predicted was that I was going to be hosting workshops on love, sexuality, and intimacy. Like that was not ever in my vision board. Uh, you know, in terms of finances and career, I always had something in, on the horizon. This is all just magic. I just did so much work on myself. All of a sudden, people wanted wanted those transmissions. At first, it was just in relationship with women. Like, I could see that clearly I was providing these transmissions of what a healthy masculine feels like. Um, yeah, and then I, at a certain point, I realized my life force which moves me in the world, needed to be shared mm -hmm. with the world. It's not just for one partner, let's say, you know. And I'm not just talking about sex when I say that. Uh, although my sex life is wonderful, um, my sex, which is my creative potential, leads me to everything. So I have to listen to that piece. And it started, when it started, it was completely unknown. I didn't have a fucking clue mm. what I was doing. I had to learn, I first, had, I first had to learn how to take pictures of myself so I could go on Tinder. Like, that's how basic I was. So, I'd like to, there's a lot that you shared, and I think that there's some really, really juicy pieces that I want to dive back into before we go too far, because this world is, like, so expansive, and yeah. you have so much to share, and I'm, I know the last decade or so has brought you a lot of juiciness, and I'm sure there will be a part two or a part three but I really want to hone in on this part of, I feel like a lot of people can relate, whether they're in this space now or they've been in it um, before, this piece of being in relationship and knowing that something's not working, but yet not knowing what that is, or and let alone having the courage to be able to speak into that. And so I'm curious, like when you started to have this feeling of, something's not right. How was that manifesting in your relationship? What was happening in your, in your current experience? 
um, it, for me, it was all around sexuality. Okay, yeah. like, um, what was happening in the sexuality? The, the, rela the relationship itself seemed fine on the surface. Uh, just desire, uh, how we, like, fluidity in sexuality. Um, desire was hit and miss, and I, and, yeah, I just wasn't having the sex life that I would imagine myself to have. It, like, it just wasn't flowing, and if I look now, I realize it was my life force was constricted, like, and that probably for her, too. Um, but yeah, for me, it was just the pinning point was like, why is my sex life not mm. working? And I remember going to a brother of mine and, and expressing this, like, I'm like, I'm not sure what's going on here, but our sex life isn't what it used to be. And I can't figure out what the reason is. So for anyone who has ever experienced that in relationship, we have about 15 to 20 people on and off watching. Let us know in the comments below. If you have had that experience where you're in a relationship and it's super juicy, and then all of a sudden it's like, let us know, put a one in the comment below, because I think this is really important. I think it's important to begin to create this understanding that we're not alone. I can definitely say that I've been there. Um, and it's definitely a space that I feel like far too often we enter into, but yet it can be so easy to kind of get distracted with other things or really force something no this is supposed to work or we get the fear of time but i've spent so much time with this person you know or the fear of this is what's comfortable like like you said i i need to spread my wings but it's scary out there so for anyone who's ever experienced that or felt that i would love it if you can just share with that below um but sprout so i'm curious when you started to feel what was it that you wanted your sex life to be like when you had this idea about what this what your sex life was going to be and then you were in something that wasn't that. What was your idea of what the sex life would be? I wouldn't say I could consciously understand what I wanted it to be, but I knew what I didn't want it to be. I could feel what it was, and I didn't want that. Uh, just in fluidity of, of sexuality. Like, when I have desire... Like, okay, like, how are we, we're not matching this up. Like, why are we not both desiring? I, like, I didn't know what the hell a blockage was. I didn't know about how to deal with emotions. So I didn't really know how to be vulnerable about any of it, but I had desire. There's times I had desire, but it couldn't match with hers. But I didn't know how to be vulnerable about, about it as a sexual being. So... It's just like, before I met her, I didn't know how to be sexual with any, barely knew how to be sexual with any women. Like, I had sexual thoughts and desire, but I didn't know how to, you know, end up in a sexual scenario with a woman. And, and so with her, let's say, for instance, I get into a relationship, then I'm in a relationship for a long time, and the sex is great at first, and it goes through waves, um, and eventually it kind of, it's weaning off, and I can't figure out what it is. Um, you know, there is a sense of in relationship and especially long-term relationship there is uh, sort of a, uh, a, a comfortable normalcy we get into in which uh, I know now like just static experiences don't create expansion don't create excitement um, so when you're just like static you're going to work every day coming home you know at that point I was going out for delicious beer and just doing like we had a great we had a great friendship, uh, but when it came to sexuality, it was really like hard to hit those pieces. So I knew that I'm a sexual being. Like I I, I know that. Um, so I mean, and we're talking about a process at least three years long. I knew that there was something wrong. It took me two years to tell her anything. Um, yeah, towards the end, I remember a thought like. I want to tie, I had a, I remember a thought in my mind that was like, I want to tie my lover up and spank her. And I thought that was kind of weird, but I was excited about it. But there's no way I was going to bring it up to her. There's no way to be like, how do I, I'm like, there's other issues before me tying her up and spanking her. There's a missing piece I'm not getting, you know? I do. <laughs> yeah.
I do. I love that. I love that. So, okay. So I'm, I'm just, just curious. Cause I feel like a lot of people could probably be like really be relating. And there's some other people who are commenting saying we're way too familiar. I just ended a relationship for the exact reason, but I'm curious. Okay. So you go, you, there's fear and there's constriction around, you know, you're having these desires, you're having these thoughts, you're having this understanding that there is something that is, is wanting to come through you. But yet there's this constriction around um, and maybe fear around being able to open and vulnerably share this for maybe for reasons of how she might react or what that would do. But eventually you ended up doing it. Eventually you ended up um, expressing to her, you know, and I'm curious what that conversation was and how it created that kind of separation or that next step for you to begin to spread your wings and fly, as you mentioned earlier. Mm. Well, it's kind of, yeah, I remember it was around my birthday, um, we were in Hawaii, really fucked up time to talk about it, really, but also it just was what happened, it's exactly how it happened, so there's some sort of, um, like, there's some, yeah, there's some weird romanticism in it, like we were on a trip to Hawaii, and it's beautiful, and we're on the beach, and I'm like, okay, I gotta bring this up. Like, I'm like, whoa, this is my birthday, like, they were supposed to be celebrating, having, like, great times, and I'm like, and it was probably because, and I don't remember this, it was probably because something was in Hawaii, we are in Hawaii on vacation, it's supposed to be fun, and we probably weren't having amazing sex, I don't know. There's something playing, probably playing out that triggered, like, okay, I gotta bring this up. Like, if I don't bring it up now, when the hell am I gonna bring it up? Um, so we were just walking on the beach, and I, I brought brought it up. I was like, Some, something's wrong. Like, I, I don't know what it is. And like, I can't figure it out on my own. I've been trying to figure it out, but here I am, right now. Um, and I just told her, I, like, I, I love you, and I, I want to work on this. I, I don't know what to do anymore. Yeah. And I, like, in all honesty, I didn't have a clue what vulnerability was. Like, I didn't even know that. I didn't use the term. I didn't know what it was. I didn't know I wasn't mm -hmm. being vulnerable. Mm -hmm. How did she receive that? You know, like, this is, you finally open up and you share this thing that you've been holding on to for so long. And I'm curious what her receptivity was on the other end of that. Mm. Well, she cried. And that was beautiful. I mean, it made me sad. It made me sad, but uh, she and she cried, but she received it well. Like th this is my viewpoint. Like I can't sure. speak for her. But your experience. Um, r relative, yeah, relative terms. Like, cause I'm sure she was feeling it too. You know, if I know knew then what I know now, it would be a lot of a different conversation. Yeah. But in that moment, I'm sure she could feel me. I'm sure it was sad for her because it's like something had to die. Mm. And death is a painful process. Mm. Mm. So mm. from that space of bringing this shadow into light, um, what what kind of took form? Did Was there a big change? Was there a change for a little bit? And then it went back to the same? Or what was kind of from that point of finally opening up and expressing and sharing what blossomed from that or, or, or what didn't blossom? What did finally die? What was the kind of trailing into the next piece? Well, um, yeah, the process for the next year, I can't, I don't fully, like I remember clearly when I stated this to her, then the following year, I don't remember, like, there was nothing that was, like, huge realizations. I think we, I think, I don't know if it was one of the first things we did, but we ended up reading The Ethical Slut together. Uh, and that's about ethical non-monogamy. Um, so we started opening up the container. I didn't really have a, a knowing or a way to do any of this. So I think I was just reading things at the time and I brought her the idea of the ethical slut. Um, and there's some resonance in it for both of us. Um, and at that, at that point I was traveling to Iraq for work. 
I was work contracting in the Middle East, and I. Uh, and there's a point in which I was like, if if I'm away at work, and you want to uh, see anybody else, feel free. Mm. I really like. Um, mm. Yeah, in this expansion, in this expansion, I was trying to make a lot of safety for my lover to explore herself, to realize different parts of herself. Uh, and I was going to Iraq, so I was gone for like five, six weeks at a time. Sometimes I'd only be home for two weeks. Um, yeah, and I mean, there's also times when I would, you know, I was. There's like there's many shadows that played out even on my side. Like there's times I'd want to just. I remember one thing. I took my uh, nephew to to Thailand. Actually, it was a, he graduated high school, so I took him to Thailand, and and me exploring myself and just going on trips and doing things. Like I was I was working in Iraq, getting flown around the world, and she was still in in Calgary working and doing whatever and. Um, there's a part of her that wanted me at home, you know, which felt much more like a family dynamic in which we had created this static relationship model in which could fit into the family dynamic. Um, I could connect it with her parents, like exactly how her parents are and how we fell into that role of family and house and we could have had kids and could have had a car. like. It, could have easily moved that way and I, I there was a desire in her to be more like that um and when i was when i was like okay i'm gonna take off with my my nephew to thailand it wasn't even around sexuality i could feel her desire to have me at home and little did i know what life force was but i like i chose my nephew i chose my nephew even when it hurt her so this whole exploration was like expanding in various aspects um i was more into yeah, I can't fully say, but I was more into her exploring sexuality. Um, yeah, because I, there's a part of me that wanted to nurture her, that wanted to protect her uh, and not hurt her. Uh, little did I know later on that would flip its, flip its lid upside down and then I would trigger her. But when she did find, when she did find a man, it was hilarious because I knew the guy and he was, I knew that she would love him. And she did. She she loved him, and then she got confused about loving two men. She couldn't. She got like, how do I love two men? This is awkward. And then she turned back in and ran back into her cave. And it's all just like a happening. I I. I, I and it just, in ways, it got. Um, we were just hitting too many edges. <clears throat> That we didn't have, neither of us had the skill set. So I have a, a quick question from the audience, and then I want to kind of segue us into um, more of this expansion piece. Um, but Natalia was wanting to know if you were able to fully express what it was that you wanted to experience with your partner, or um, if that was still difficult for you. Once you had that initial conversation, were you able to begin to start expressing your desires or, or how, how did that work out? How did that play out in the rest of the relationship? Mm. No, no. I knew things needed to change. I didn't know how to change them. I didn't know what I wanted, mm. I didn't know. Mm. I think that, that... Yeah. We were, we... Go ahead. Yeah? I was just gonna say that I think that that piece right there... I was right just there... that neither... <laughs> The lag! I love you, Thailand! <laughs> Go ahead, Sprout. <laughs> so I was just saying, um, like, there's two of us and neither of us knew what to do, like, we didn't know what was going on, but I, I did express that there was something not functioning in our sex life. Um, but I didn't know what it was. I didn't know what my sexuality was. I didn't know what it was. At that point in my life. Mm. Mm, there it is. We're talk, That's we're the juicy piece. We're talking... We're talking... We're just leap. 
from where I was then to where I am now, it's a huge leap. Like I couldn't do it overnight. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And I was going like, I, this is like, she's going really slow and I'm going mm -hmm. really fast. So this, this is the so. piece that I want to start bringing in and I want to start, start speaking, speaking into, because I feel that this is, there's a couple things that you said that really resonate. Number one is that you were, you were modeling your relationship unknowingly like most of us do based upon our parents, which is this ideal, you know, this old story. It's an old story of you get the house, you have the safety, you have the partner, you have the safe job. It's all about safety because let's be honest, our parents grew up when it wasn't safe for a lot, a lot of spaces, whether no matter where you were in the world, there was wars, there was famines, there was great depressions, there was all of this kind of fear of safety. And so having this stable unit of man and woman and house and good job was huge for our parents. And this is why I feel that it's so, it was so imparted in us when we were children that this is the road to take. This is the road of happiness. This is the road of safety and security. Do these things and you'll feel great. But the thing is, 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 and what I really feel like you're speaking into is that there was this piece where we were kind of playing out that, 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 ideal way, which there's nothing wrong with it, but deep within your own inner resonance, there was something that it wasn't quite connecting. There was something in that space that wasn't quite resonating. And what you said was that there was like, she was moving slower and you were moving really fast. And I feel like this often happens in relationships. If you don't grow together, you grow apart. And that's just in any relationship, whether it's a business, a sexual, a romantic, a friendship, and, and it's so important. I feel from what you're saying is that there was this deeper desire to connect to something that wasn't being spoken, but that was being truly felt, but you weren't exactly sure what it is. And as, as you responded to Natalia's question, is, is, there's so much that needed to be explored there. And there was almost no real understanding of how to create that in that moment, in that container, in that space and time. So what I'm assuming is that that led you to eventually separate as you mentioned before spread your wings and fly and this is when you began to really start to dive deeper into your sexuality as a, a single unit as a person and i'm curious kind of what that how did that begin for you so you realized that there was a lot a part of your sexuality that wasn't being tapped into um that it wasn't being able to be met in your relationship you guys ended up going different ways and then Sprout decides, okay, this is a piece of myself that I haven't fully connected to. I'm going to dive into it. What did it look like for you? So, um, the last year of our relationship, I was, uh, we were exploring non-monogamy. Um, yeah, we were exploring non-monogamy and, so when we set, finally separated, being non-monogamous didn't make it better or didn't fix the underlying issues. Um, it was just kind of a path that I started looking at, that we started looking at together. Um, you know, because I knew that uh, I had desire for other people. I knew that that was happening and I, I didn't know how to how to meet other women when I'm with somebody. And anyways, so by the time when we did separate, I knew that I was on a path of non-monogamy um, and I'd already done enough research in my mind to kind of understand, I was starting to understand the pitfalls, pitfalls of non-monogamy. Uh, what I term now is shadows of, of open relationships or polyamory. I was digging through the holes. I was digging through the trenches, like what resonates and what's shitty behavior. Um, and that's my own integrity uh, for me to decide and find in within. Um, yeah, so when I did separate, I was, I was non-monogamous at that point. Um, and I was also exploring the shadows of my sexuality. Like, what is this part of me that wants to tie my lover up? Uh, so I was opening up that. At the same time, I was opening up the, my dark masculine or, or my dominance. Like, how does this polarity work? I didn't, wasn't reading books on polarity or attraction quite yet, maybe a little bit. Um, but I, I then started, I started resonating that frequency with people I was relating with. 
Um, and it, it first started with, I, I think I was living in Barcelona uh, and using Tinder a lot. So I would use words, words to convey both desire and dominance um, in an ethical way, not like overtly, but like co maybe covertly, like just like subtle, like energetic play with words. Um, and what kept happening was I would attract, let's say, submissive women, not submissive in life, but submissive mm. in the bedroom. I kept this, this kept playing out. Anybody that wasn't there, they wouldn't even resonate into my frequency and we wouldn't meet up. And it started happening more and more in life with everybody I related with because my, my mind started like framing things in more of that like dominant sexual way, not, not dominant in... I was gonna hurt you, um, but just like overtly sexually sexual and dominant, like just su well, subtly. And it was just like it was just so interesting how reality shaped around me. Um, and I scared people too. I scared women that are like, because at a certain frame of energy, like that that like badass attitude that I had, also resembles like. It can, it can, whether it's the immature masculine or the mature masculine, it can look the same. That, the badass can be a, like, a really like ethical human being who walks around and rides a Harley bike, or it, he could be a piece of shit that beats his wife. Still the mm. badass. But I was like owning the, these parts of myself around sexuality, around mm. relationship, around just how I walk through the world. Like I needed to own myself, own those parts of me that are dark mm. and deep. Oh, okay. I want to talk about yeah. that because this is something, this is really juicy here. So I feel like so often we, there are these parts of ourselves and every single person, whether a man or a woman, whether the pastor's son or daughter or, you know, the, the badass rock star, you know, there are, are these pieces of ourselves that are hidden, but we know they're there. And it's almost like there's a lot of shame. I think it was David, you talked about the shame that came up for you in your relationship earlier on the comments, but it's like, there's a lot, there's like this shame because there's this story around what it means to be in a good relationship or what it means to be a good man or a good woman or whatever. And because these pieces are not really talked about and, or even seen as acceptable, um, in society, we continue to kind of push them away and keep them in the shadows of our of our experience of this life. And so what I'm hearing from you is that you began to see this underlying kind of subtle whisper of maybe this darker energy or shadow energy. And instead of shying away from it and ignoring it and continuing to play like everything was okay, which it wasn't, you actually chose to take a look at it and invite it in to your life. Is that right? Yeah. That is correct, yeah. Mm -hmm. Are you just cut and out? So once, uh, I just asked if that was right, if you invited the shadow in, if that was right. It sounds like well, that's what happened. You invited this shadow, this piece of mystery, this piece that oftentimes people yeah. refer to as bad or not right or not ethical or whatever. But instead of pushing it down, you decided to get curious and, and invited it in. Yeah. Yeah. I'm So, okay. Yeah, so For sure. Once, and then just to... Go ahead. Okay, I'm just going to speak into this. I also want to explore, just express this piece. Okay, so I started exploring this dominance, and I also started relating with m numerous people. At that point, it was uh, only just women. Um, and I started exploring with Malik. Like, I wasn't lying to anybody. I wasn't promising anybody marriage or kids. And I wasn't... Uh, I wasn't going behind anybody's back transparent but I wasn't relating with people that needed transparency they just like some of them just objectified me and wanted me for my they wanted that and in that moment it was perfect um, but by having an open framework where I could relate with numerous people then I could get different reflections 
because every every being I relate with is creates a different resonance. And actually, that's quite interesting to study and understand. Um, because it helped me open to different aspects of my me different reflections. Like how I relate with you would be different than relate with somebody else. And actually that gives me all these different flavors of myself. And, and I worked out monogamy long term. I was pretty good at that, except for the sexuality piece. I was pretty good at one relationship for a long period of time. And then I just opened up to possibilities. Now, now eight years into this journey, I'm like, can I have multiple relationships for, for long periods of time? That's where I am right now. Working damn good. I had no clue that this could be possible. Mm. So I love you. I love you to speak into that. I mm. think that this is something. This is again like a shadow side, maybe of um, you know. I, I feel I can say for myself, I definitely. Uh, had a lot of fear around the contraction around like somebody owning me and me being theirs. And I'm like, Oh my God, the rest of my life, like, what the fuck is this? You know, like that's, that's, <laughs> and not that that's not that like that I'm not a committed person or that I can't see the value of deepening with one person. But I think that it's unrealistic to think that one person can fulfill, can fulfill all of our needs and desires, let alone just compartmentalizing our sexual needs and desires, but just all of the things, you know, you want them to be your best friend, your adventure partner, your, your, your lover, your mistress, you know, all these things. And so I'm curious, once you started to kind of open up this idea of, wow, wait a second, like there's a whole new world out there of ways that I can relate with women and 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 with myself and with my sexuality and it's kind of brought you into this place which you just shared about around now i have kind of these multiple partners um that are long term and it's working out for you really well so i'm i'm curious kind of if you want to dive in a little bit to that experience and how kind of coming to this um very different experience than what you were doing how that kind of culminated and also what your experience is in where you are right now in relating to your relationships and sexuality um, in this current place. Hmm. So along the journey, like, um, I had to learn a lot about my feminine. Uh, and I did that by relating with women because they gave me the embodied idea of like, what the feminine feels like. Mm. And so I could, I could, I, you know, there's a part of me gaining that the whole way. And as I did my work, I was also like, as a child in my brain a lot, like very logical. It comes from my mother, um, I, well, and my father, but that's a whole traumatic experience in itself. But, um, but I didn't know how to tap into the body. I didn't know mm. how to like feel what my lover was mm. feeling. Uh, but I started relating, I started relating and I was still reading books, um, some really powerful books that really taught me about attraction, taught me about polarity and sparks. Like how do you create sparks in a relationship? Um, so I was learning all this stuff while relating to women, while relating to multiple women. So I was uh, transforming my own reality uh, little by little and it, and I continued. When I like powerful women, like women that could hold their mm. hold their power, um, and I can see it. I was three years ago, where I am today, and where I'm going, and I'm, I'm like, fuck! I'm so glad I came on this journey. Um, there's a part of me that, um, really, I knew it all along. I just wanted to relate with powerful sexual women without needing me without being codependent on me they be they walk through life like i want to walk through life i don't need anything and i love you and let's dance um and i want to play out a little bit about my exploration of uh, because it all started with bd kind of like bdsm bondage and dominance um what I learned there, powerful ownership is actually. So in the in the in the scene of BDSM, you can have like different roles playing out, and you play with 
power and you play with ownership. And so there's something that came to me a long time ago. It's like, I realized I wanted to, in the bedroom, I want to own my lover. But then outside of the bedroom, I want them to be free. And so now when people talk about, mm. I'm like, I will own the shit out of you in that in the bedroom or on the mountain. Like, just in our sexual expression, we can play with that. You know, there's a part of everybody that wants to be owned and there's a part of everybody that wants to own somebody. And if you actually consciously play with that, then then it's just a dance. You know, you can play with it for a mm. moment. And but if you're not aware of it, it's coming in the shadow and it's actually the relationships. Yeah. Um, and then there's still a lot of people that think that's scary, like maybe de- deny that part of themselves. Besides, it's all around pre- predator prey stuff. So juicy and sexy. And like, there's a part of us that wants to be a predator, and there's a part of us that wants to be a prey. So now I use that energy in my field. Um, yeah. Anyway, so I, I can express this. We can play these energies out. So the partners I relate with allow me to, and and they're powerful, powerful, sovereign women that aren't stuck in their manipulative tactics to. Pull, suck me into relationship to marriage to whatever thing that they have in their mind of what they think they want because if we drop what we what what's in our mind and we just allow ourselves to feel that's where we come to mm. life together and so i meet women i meet women's fears i meet a lot of fears because uh i don't live a script of how you think relationship needs to be you know, what people think safety is, like any projection that is outside of yourself, like you need this in order to to be in a relationship. You need this, you need this. I'm like, do you really? Because if I look inside myself, I have mm. all those things. I have, I have trust, I have safety, I have integrity. I'm like, I'm just a melting pot of consciousness and embodiment. And then if I then I just want to relate with powerful women mm. that can feel it, because I want them to walk through. I want them to walk through life with so much clarity. Wow. Mm. I invite everyone who's listening just to feel into that mm. for a moment, and just to even feel that freedom mm. that those words have on the soul's resonance. Just really knowing that you are all those things and instead of projecting what you think you need on something or someone outside of you, really owning, owning that you have it within. And I think ultimately that's what everybody wants, mm-hmm. right? Whether we're aware of it or not, we want this ability. I mean, pe- freedom, people want freedom, but they can't have that freedom if we're still stuck in these old paradigms. And these old stories about what, as you mentioned, safety and security are. And I know that, you know, the whole story of monogamy and open relationships and um, polyamory and, you know, there's a lot, there's a lot of fear in these words. And there's a lot of people who this will trigger. And I invite anyone at any point ever in life, if you're ever triggered by something, to lean into it a little deeper and ask if there's something there. Because oftentimes things can only trigger us when there's something there. Otherwise, it just goes right over us. Oftentimes, there's a fear that we're too afraid to look into, and then someone speaks into that, and it triggers us. And that's a beautiful opportunity for us to kind of get curious. doesn't mean that it is something or it isn't something, but just to get curious. And so, Sprout, I feel that this has been, you know, one of the reasons also I wanted to have you on is because... I know that we being in this world of Tantra or conscious sexuality or whatever, oftentimes people who are not even really aware of these terms or maybe are aware of it but haven't ever dove into it or they can feel very far removed from this type of world. Um, And one of my biggest intentions is to include everyone. So no matter where you're at on the relationship spectrum, no matter where you're at on your life spectrum, whether you still have the nine to five and you love it, and you're in corporate America and you have the suburbia, that's great. There's nothing wrong with that. But my intention is to bring 
people into this sphere and into this conversation who can relate maybe at a very beginner level because we were all there at some point. At some point, we all fell into the rules and the roles of society. And, and maybe we went down that for a long time and realized it's not really us. Maybe we're still on it and are feeling fear around leaving it, or maybe we turned and pivoted a long time ago. And I wanna invite every person because we're consciously evolving as a collective. We're all starting to begin to question our ideas and beliefs about who we are and what we are and how we relate to ourselves and the world and each other. And it's important that we all have this ability that no matter where you're at on the spectrum, you can always jump in. And there's no matter where you, what you have done or what you haven't done or where your fears lie, there's always a beginning point. And I feel like you did so well was really share that with us from the beginning of where you were and all of the steps, or not all of them, because my goodness, mm. we could be here for, for a long time because there's so much there. But just sharing this kind of evolution from where you were to where you are now, which is in this new, you're, you're the creator of your own reality. You're the creator of how you want to show up in, your, in yourselves and, 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 and in the relationships to which you want to you. And so I'm curious, you know, I, I generally keep these to about an hour as that's when we can kind of contain the energy and we're coming up on that time. But I'm curious for you, Sprout, I know that you do a lot and you host workshops and, and temple spaces and you're really bringing a lot of your own um, experience and journey into the world through experiences. But for those people who maybe, you know, haven't yet dove into sexual relationships or not really feeling like they know their, their sexuality, what advice would you give them? What pieces would you give them for anyone who might be feeling stuck to begin to invite them to start to explore? Hmm. Okay, uh, I kind of, I missed a little bit of that. It was a bit chunky. Uh, but I, I hear that you asked, um, what advice would I give the people that are beginning to explore? Okay. So, um, yeah, if I knew than what I know now, my main piece of advice is start to be really vulnerable with yourself. And that vulnerability you have with yourself, when you can't express that outwardly, is a lack of vulnerability to the world. It's just a reflection. You can look in yourself and you can start to see answers, but if you can't express that to the world, you're then not being vulnerable to your partner. Then that's hiding your vulnerability. So that piece is, like I could look myself and see that things are going wrong but I couldn't express that out you know so I thought that I was because I was uh, doing going inwards and thinking about all these things that I was doing the work which is a part of the work but the next piece is like how do I get that across to my partners you know mm -hmm. um, because that bridge actually that bridge of vulnerability is your ego it's blocking you from the world so I care about it, but if I can't get my ego is trying, mm -hmm. partly my ego is just protecting me. And the more I can practice that and fuck up, okay, that was a, I said it in the wrong way. That did not land very well with her. Okay, learn how to like be better at expressing. And it's so funny when I watch partners learning to be vulnerable with me, because I open up the book, like I really open up to like, I will take anything you, feed me fuck it up all you want i'll feel the pain if it hurts me i'll feel it i'll express back open book for my partners to step deeper into me and i've watched them do funny things that they realize later like they probably shouldn't have said it to me that way um around like their sexual experiences with men and like you know like yeah it's so funny but it's the piece around vulnerability i would i would help people like just really start tapping into that and practicing that muscle practice vulnerably even when it's uncomfortable yeah 
And besides mm. starting to understand that your thoughts, you have thoughts, you aren't your emotion, you have emotions. but to fluid, fluidly express both your humanness and your, like, your spiritual self, which to me is all about like, the emotional body and energetic body in which I sit in a physical body. They're all aspects of myself that I need to tap into myself to really feel like how my energy moves, how my life force moves, express like what a contraction is in my body, what an expansion is. And I'm writing, a, I just wrote a crash course on uh, open relationships as a spiritual path. I'm going to write a bigger book because it's deep. Like there's a lot of pieces to the puzzle. But all I can say is just start with vulnerability. Mm. Beautiful. Mm. Thank you. And also, also I want to so trust that you don't know everything. I don't know everything. Most of what I'm doing, I don't know what's, my mind isn't creating my reality. In a way, my mind is a piece of the puzzle, but it's really my everything else that's really doing the work. Mm. Mm. Amazing. Well, Sprout, thank you. Thank you for coming on and sharing your vulnerability. And I feel that there's a lot, I mean, this is huge. And I know that there's so many more avenues that we can go down into. And I feel like what, what I really wanted to touch on in this was just giving people a starting place, giving people an idea of how to feel into what someone else's experience was and maybe see themselves in that experience. And from that place, begin to start to explore themselves, start to explore the truth and just to see how far it can go you know you may you may realize that you know monogamy is exactly what you want talk more about your desires and be more vulnerable or you may who knows go on a wild crazy 10-year journey and end up teaching you know workshops on sacred sexuality and hosting temples and be in multiple long-term relationships it's 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 really just a matter of showing up for ourselves and owning our truth and doing the work and I see that you do that so well, and um, I really want to just thank you for being open to being online with me live and, and just sharing that with the community. And um, yeah, if, if you guys are interested, please feel free. These mats are like everywhere, dude. Um, please feel free to connect with Sprout. Um, you can send a message. You can reach out to him. Um, and and yeah, thank you again, Sprout, for just being you and sharing. Thank you. I can't, uh, if I really tap into it, um, my deepest purpose is being me. And by being me, I get to help people be them. Yeah, so all I can do is be more of me and be a yeah. mirror for people. And that takes to a lot of deepening and taking out the layers of other so, people as well. Yeah, and um, Facebook Intimacy Unleashed as well. Um, you can add me as a friend if you'd like. Uh, I have intimacyunleashed.com, which is currently being updated. And on Instagram, I have Intimacy Unleashed, where I do a lot of quotes about love and sexuality. And then I have Artifer underscore Shabari Healing. I do a lot of Shabari, yeah, Shabari as a healing modality, as well as just for artistic expression. And it's all about surrender. My life is really about surrender. 
and in that I'm surrendering to spirit and God and the more work I do the more I connect to the essence of this reality the essence of what makes us um, because I find it within myself thank you thank you for sharing Hmm. All right. Well, that's a, now you know, Thank now you, you know how to connect and how to reach out and that will, yeah, yeah. The lag is really kind of slightly frustrating and you're choppy on my end. I know I'm choppy on your end and I think it's the universe just letting us know that that's about the bandwidth that they have for us. But thank you so much again, Sprout. It's beautiful. It's been a pleasure. You're beautiful. Keep shining your light and uh, I might see you around the island sometime soon. Who knows? Thank you all. Hey everyone, thank you so much for tuning in to this week's episode on Driven for Purpose. I cannot tell you how much your support means. If you found this content helpful in any way, shape or form, I would love it if you share this with your friends and family. If you haven't yet already done so, please go on over to iTunes and leave us a review. Your reviews help us rank higher, which means more people can get inspired by this content and together we can support one another to continue on our journey towards our highest and best selves. I'll catch you next week.